a bunch of witty bitches. Hey, Papa. Hey, I have a quip. You have a quip. We'll put that for a It's just cadals. Oh, still feels as good the second time. Yeah. Well, it still feels pretty we good. We hit our stride pretty quickly again. We're off to a running start. Thank okay. you for saying that, Hunter. <laughs> uh, or should I say the meanest pianist in Houston? <laughs> oh, that was good. That leaves me a lot of pressure to introduce this other guy over here. And I couldn't really think of anything good. So I went with. <laughs> The cutie with a mean abuki chase. Wolves. All right. That's pretty good, right? Okay. <laughs> I thought you going to go with just booty. And it would booty? just be a, a butt compliment, but yeah. obviously I'd rather have my abuki complimented than my butt. I know. I know you've been working on your abuki more than your butt lately. So, I, Is it okay if I completely do not even try and feign like I know what a abuki is? Abuki? You know abuki is an ancient... Uh, rare. It's a character from Street Fighter. That's oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, who Chase has been <laughs> playing lately? Rare. <laughs> Chase has been, been liking that. I've been, I feel like I have elevated at least one step. I hang out. I am a frequenter of the silver rank now. You know that's good. And you've oh. and you've dabbled in the super silver and maybe oh, yeah. the ultra silver. Have you gone to the ultra silver yet? Yeah, I haven't gotten to ultra yet. You haven't gotten to ultra silver. Yeah, you'll get there. You know what's going on. <laughs> but one thing is for sure is that this is the coolest podcast Ooh. yeah Force witty banter yeah. that's what that is yeah, yeah this it's, is it. yeah. it's cool and it's it's potty it is yes it's very nice and we're back again but this is actually a pretty special podcast um because we do something here we review beers and we don't just have a beer this time around mm-hmm. hunter tell them what we have this time around so i gotta give a little shout out last time we got a beer suggestion this time we got the beer straight up just bought and handed to us that's the easiest way to get your beer on the show yeah. is just <laughs> right. to walk up to us yeah. just give it to us and for just free. give it to us for free and we'll do it and this is the second time it's happened um my uh, uh, mr robbie von tunglin who oh my uh, god has is the, he a superhero yeah, i was gonna say <laughs> is a character from my favorite tv show yeah. <laughs> Robbie a guy von with Tonglin? a very a very healthy interest in beers and craft mm-hmm. breweries uh he is the honor of being married to my mom oh so he's nice. a good guy he's a really good guy yeah uh and he bought us the saint arnold's Desi- divine reserve number 17 Ooh. and this is exciting too because like we're not fresh off the heels, but we did get to try a couple Divine Reserves at the Brubecue in October of last year, and they were fucking spectacular. Each one was fucking dope. Do we remember the numbers that we had? I think we had 16. We probably had like the most recent one. The one right behind it? Yeah. I thought we had two of them. We had a couple. Well, we had, because they have a couple lines, right? We also they had have, the Bishop's Barrel. Yeah, the Bishop's Barrel. Oh, that's barrel. one that I'm yeah. actually, I think I'm confusing mm-hmm. it with. That one was fucking dope, they too. They heavy hitters, man. Fucking St. Arnold's pretty tight. And you know what? This is holding true. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to get, I'm going to hand it to St. Arnold's. Special pretty island. good brewery. Yeah. The oldest craft brewery in yeah. Texas. Uh, so yeah, on their website, skipping over a couple, a little bit of the fodder that <laughs> they have. Some stupid things here. And, uh... <laughs> Divine Reserve number 17 is a big, rich porter, a Baltic porter at that. That is deceptively drinkable, drinkable and well balanced for its nine point two percent alcohol by Ooh. volume. Um, is the is sound the, I make? It is the <laughs> first lager that they've brewed for the Divine Reserve series, so it's their first lager on on deck, and it's kind of cool because I've never really seen this before, but 
Um, they put the date brewed. So I guess that they do this in just one foul swoop. They just do it in one day. And it was October 26th. And it was bottled on December 28th. It's pretty recent. So it's 47 IBUs, 9.2% alcohol by volume. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different kinds of malts in this bad boy. So and the deal is that they just make one of these a year, right? They make one batch of the Divine Reserve, and each year it's a different type of beer. I don't. What the guy said at the barbecue was that it's working out to kind of be like one a year or something like that. That mm-hmm. it's not like, oh, it's a new year, we do a new Divine Reserve. I think it's just kind of like a, a periodic session. They'll decide to do a new one. Some arbitrary amount of time. Yeah, but it's but but it's about averaging that. I think. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, this is exciting. I love porters. So and yeah. I, and I love uh, the fact that we're going with an, a, a higher alcohol content. Beer again, but yeah, it's it's gonna be warm in the belly. So it's it's a porter or is it a lager? You said it's so it's a it's a Baltic porter, which I guess is a lager. By the way, no, that's fermented. Mm. Is that not an ale? Is the porters not always ales? It's it, I mean it says I don't know what Baltic you... porter, and it says that it is the first lager we've brewed for the Divine Reserve series. All right, there you go. That's awesome. Yes, well, it looks a lot darker than most lagers that I'm uh, familiar with. But Porter's looks pretty delicious. Yeah. Definitely has that look, that little uh, chalkiness to it. That good old-fashioned chocolatey look. I mean, it's dark. It, it looks like... like uh, what, are, what are you drinking out of over there, Hunter? So... A little <laughs> cool little mason jar over there? Yeah, cool little mason jar, dude. You taking uh, Instagram pics on, in your free time? <laughs> uh, we have to split this beer, okay? We have to split we it, don't so we got to keep ourselves honest. Yeah, anyway, to get overzealous over here with some large glasses. So we're doing it in small... Little I was just hit. wondering. I was just wondering. I'm it's, just asking it, a question. I, look, how, look how mad you're getting. <laughs> That's the worst. I got bought a couple of these little jars to try and grow plants, and it was a miserable failure. I, um, I did not grow a single thing. Yep. And so we I just, had, I left we it had out. orchids die in our place, and then we had a succulent die because squirrels just ate it one day. Oh, yes, the one I bought, y'all? That got, yeah, that got also <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that died when it hit the freeway on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no um, so this is here. good, man. It's nice and sweet. It's oh, thick. Yeah. It uh, but it's not like overbearingly thick. I guess, you know, maybe like a porter would be a little thicker than this. It's, it's nice and uh, it's drinkable, like they said. Um, what are you getting over there, Chase? Yeah, uh, it's complex, so I'm honestly just going to kind of let it ride until halftime before I kind of come at it, because it's a really deep, complex beer. That's a nice, safe answer. I agree. Yeah. Uh, come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does have like that nice weight to it, but it's not. It's more like a mouthiness weight instead of being like actually just like a heavy-feeling beer, because it doesn't right. feel heavy mm-hmm. really, in each sip. But. Right, yeah, it's not like super hot. You know, it's not like... Mm, this is ex- taking a bath. Yeah, I expected to feel it going down my esophagus. Mm-hmm. But, uh, right? I'm not really sure how the human body works, but I'm pretty sure it would hit the esophagus. No, you got that right. Point. Good. Via peristalsis, right. the liquid would move down your esophageal tube. Oh, perfect. Where yeah. the hell did that come yeah. from, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, you know how you always just randomly hold on to those little tidbits of nuggets oh, of yeah. information? Peristalsis is the wave-like movement that your esophagus makes, and I remember makes makes a little egg. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) it's disgusting. Snake eating something. (laughs) All right. Well, we not only uh, review beers, but you know, in order to get us, you know, gab and get some good conversation going, 
We usually bring some news stories to the table. Uh, I already know what Chase is bringing. It's a heavy hitter. So, Chase, I want you to go last. Okay. Oh, right. okay. Cool. So, that's just you and me, Hunter. <laughs> I'm gonna so why are you staring at the dead of my eyes right now? <laughs> I'm going to start us off uh, because this is something that I've just been kind of personally interested in lately. Are you going to yeah. mess this up again? This no, is incredible. I have it. No, I have it. <laughs> you're going to let it go? I have it right now. I'm good to go. It's right now. Have you no, guys heard I'm of- talking about something else entirely. Me I'm too, talking man. about kicking us off with a proper beeps. Well, yeah, because this is witty banter. <laughs> you want to play it all. Anyway, if you guys would just let me fucking host the show once, <laughs> maybe we could have a good time. You're trying here, to dive okay? right in, and I love Shut the enthusiasm. Up, okay. Yeah, it's it's really it, it, we're excited because it shows that you want to be here, Max. Well, <laughs> it's enthusiasm. I hope gets it across. Um, okay, so have you guys heard of CRISPR before? I recently CRISPR. just heard Joe Rogan talking about that, but I don't know a whole lot about it. So CRISPR. Yes. Essentially, at its core, and I don't know a whole lot because I'm not a scientist and I'm right. not a doctor. This sounds uh, like it's right up my alley, though. Yeah, it's fucking tight. Right? Does it have nanobots in it? Close. Almost, yes, dude. It might close. as well be. It's like an organic <laughs> nanobot. Uh, so what it essentially is is you combine uh, the specific enzyme, which is uh, called C. It's I don't know if it's Cas9 or Case9, Cas space nine. So however okay. you want to say that, right? And what that essentially acts as is kind of this pair of scissors, right? Hmm. And then connected to that is a little piece of RNA, okay? And in the RNA, a scientist or whomever, I guess, that wants to fuck with somebody uh, <laughs> would put in these special, like, you know, these coordinates into an RNA. And where it goes is it goes to those specific parts in somebody's DNA. And those scissors cut open the DNA okay. right at that specific part. And you're thinking, wow, that seems very terrible. That seems like that would just, like, hurt really bad. No, I mean, the body has a lot of these ways to just heal itself real quickly. But before your DNA heals, a scientist can, like, Put it back together in a specific way, essentially making this super cheap and versatile way to genetically modify things, right? Right, yeah, because you can find the specific spot on a DNA strand mm-hmm. and use RNA to kind of insert it in with whatever exactly, you want. Exactly, right? Okay. So um, it seems kind of like you could do a lot of crazy shit to yourself. You yeah, really, yeah. I mean, they aren't getting too wild. They aren't getting too wild okay. yet, which is why the story is about how they used this for the first time to genetically modify um, some calves to being resistant to tuberculosis, and it worked. Seems dude. like a, a solid yes. cause. Yeah, right? So yeah, essentially dude. what this did is you went in and they put it into the mom. And then the mom gave birth to these kids that had the same DNA in them. And then all these cows are now have this specific, I forget which, uh, what it's actually called, but it's a specific resistant uh, bacterial whatever in their DNA that's going to be resistant to tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. And what this essentially means down the line is that we can start curing diseases this way in people. And I was super excited about it because it's one of the next big steps for us to kind of step forward into, because genetic modification, it has this really bad connotation to it. Yeah. I mean, genetic mutation is you think it's something like, ooh, fucked up. You don't want like designer babies. It's just the next um, conversation about like, where does science stop? That has been going since the 1800s, you know? Yeah. Right. Because it is weird shit. And yeah, it designer is, babies scares me because <laughs> I think the people who would have access to that technology first would be able to create like a little elite group of the species, you know? Right. Yeah. I totally think that's a viable, like hypothetical, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, but I've heard counter hypotheticals that say that when you have a technology that is incredibly valuable and, and like the masses would find value in it, that like it does, it always starts off where it is kind of like very high value and, and it costs a lot and only the elite have access to it. But because there is such a high demand for it, they find it like ramps up really hard to find ways to get it to the masses. Like that is the next step. After it's developed and proven, they're like, oh, wait, cost reduction. Let's get this in people's hands. You yeah. Know? So it may, that might only happen for, you know, like a decade or even ha- like less than that, you know, before it's a household thing. Well, yeah, that was another thing, too, is because they like out of the calves that were born, there were 20 calves that were born. And, you know, it's not uncommon for baby animals to die, but mm-hmm. only 11 ended up surviving. And they're not sure if that had anything to do with, like, what they did to them. Wow. So <laughs> you don't want to. But they're like, you know, they're over here. They're like, I'm not sure if that was because we genetically modified them or not. But if it was. So essentially what you got was like, <laughs> you know, the strength of all 20 calves just packed into these 11. You know what I mean? <laughs> they essentially like sacrificed the other nine in that sense. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was wild. interesting. It gets me all excited because let's be honest here disease is like the scariest thing in the world yeah we've discussed this y'all are very afraid of it disease sucks dude like you can be as perfect as you want to be but still wake up tomorrow with just something you could die cancer an instant with a disease anything you You might have some right now you don't fucking know yeah so i'd like to be able to go to the doctor and then shoot a little nanobot inside me to (laughs) cut open my dna why do they call it a crispr uh crispr is uh, an acronym for Let's see here. It's really simple, Chase. Uh, it actually I just mean, stands a- for clustered, regularly interspaced, short palindromic repeats. So just think uh, about that whenever you think of. I think CRISPR is a dope title for that because it it just sounds comic booky. It sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. Like like the, the CRISPR. Crispers. That's when the <laughs> and the CRISPR came <laughs> in and everything was okay. CRISPRs it, always take care of the job. It's it's crazy. It's just another instance of us being able to. Um, uh, literally construct and mold our own evolution, which is wild, which which is kind of crazy because, you know, if you think about the way that we're, dry, like, the way that, I, I feel that regardless of whether you want to say it's a good or a bad one, I feel like the way science moves and the way that society moves is in a trajectory. And so if we're, we are driving it in a certain vector, and so... That might be something, you know, that's just another possibility where maybe we veered that way a little bit and that just throws everything in a certain loop or, and that could be good or bad. I have no idea, but I don't know. It's kind of crazy that we can actually like influence the way that we evolve into the future. That's almost, yeah, it's it's scary, but yeah. it is also cool knowing that we can cure a lot more diseases this way. Would you do this and then have offspring that you knew... Would you do the eleven out of twenty chance? I wouldn't do it now. I wouldn't. No, no fucking way. If they were like, yeah, we. What can if it was like seventeen out of twenty chance? Yeah, up there. You might. No, seventeen out of twenty is still pretty low. It's pretty yeah. Pretty scarily like influential. Fifteen percent of your death. kids that won't make it. Yeah, which would is be it really that high. Damn. Yeah, I don't know. If <laughs> I can numbers do that. was that <laughs> fucking what? It's like seventeen percent really. <laughs> oh man, that's but cool. It's still working that way. I mean, CRISPR is so new. CRISPR was. Fucking what? It's only like four years old, mm-hmm. not even. So. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that to my attention because I did hear about that. Look into it more. There's some dope stuff going on with CRISPR. Cool. Yeah, I figured you'd like that one a lot too because it like references 
like nanotechnology is like almost in a way like nanobots would go. Yeah. Like, oh my God, Listen, if, you're, if you're in the nanobots, give us one moment. We're going to bring you up to speed. Yeah. Real quick. <laughs> we're not exactly nanobots, but we're close. Oh man. Okay. So you're saying I'm going next then, huh? Yeah. If you want. So, well, you're making Chase go last. So by default, he has a good story. By I the deductive factor. I do remember him saying he had something from last week. Mm-hmm. Even. Mine's going to follow suit in that it's not incredibly recent, um, but the title of this, this is from the PewResearch.org website, and it says, Voters' perception of crime continues to conflict with reality. Um, Here we go. Hunter did it. He crossed into the dark side. What is it? He become what he didn't want. What, he's political? Bringing, political? He's bringing political shit in here. I'm trying not to bring it up too... Uh, I don't want it to be like political. I want to talk there about is, this. There is political aspects that I'm going to kind of go over, or not go over, because I don't really want to involve that, but uh, uh-huh. just just in the idea of perception versus reality. So Yeah. Um, it starts, despite double-digit percentage decreases in U.S. violent and property crime rates since the 2008... Most voters say crime has gotten worse during that span, according to a new Pew Research Center survey. Um, Leading up to Election Day, a majority, 57% of those who had voted or planned to vote, said that crime had gotten worse in the country since 2008. But official government crime statistics paint a strikingly different picture. Between 2008 and 2015, U.S. violent crime and property crime rates fell 19 and 23 percent um, from a FBI, tal- or FBI report that uh, tallies serious crimes that were reported by the police uh, in 18,000 jurisdictions. And then they had another survey from the Bureau of Justice Statistics um, that included both reported and non-reported uh, police um, instances. And those property and violent crime rates fell 26 and 22%. So, basically, everybody thinks, or not everybody, the majority of people are thinking that things are getting worse uh, in, in regards to crime. Uh, but, in fact, they're, they're much better probably than they've ever been. And it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I feel like just our access to information and the way that information is presented to us whether it be legitimate information, whether it be clickbait, it just completely molds our perception of reality. And, uh, and it's kind of crazy that, that we can be so firm on how things are when, when you can have factual yeah. evidence that proves the other way. Literally no idea really what's yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's very true. What was it? Would, uh, it ever, would it ever be legitimate to question the factual nature of like Pew? Like, do we know anything? Like, do we know how Pew conducts these, like, research uh, studies and things like that? Well, do you said, think that's worth looking into? Yeah, they gave... Because uh, Pew g- is a name that I know, right? Right. I think it's a, Pew, a, na- it's a name that's pretty well, well known across just, like, the general consciousness. But I don't know if that necessarily means that it automatically should be an authority, you know? So, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, I think Pew is the one that gathered the voters' perception of crime. And mm-hmm. I think the FBI, which which in the article they talk about how the FBI's uh, report is kind of like a lagging bias because the, it's actually reporting on stuff that's happened in a in a prior date or at a prior time. Uh, but still, I mean, I think it's pretty like it's probably hard to contest the idea that if you're going to try and take it numbers for numbers on a survey basis, that yeah. crimes are decreasing 
while people that voted apparently thought that it was increasing. Yeah. All I mean by that question is, like, if someone were to come up and ask me and just say, okay, answer yes or no, Do you, would you trust Pew Research? I'd say yes, right? Mm. Um, but I often wonder, like, statistics for me are always such a double-edged sword, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I do, like, feel like they can be presented in a way, any way you want. Right. You know, yeah. they can really tell you, tell any story that you, you want to tell. Um, but at the same time, when you show people statistics in conversations or in matters where like there's a lot of passions and stuff, sometimes it's usually like detrimental to coming to a consensus. You know, have you guys ever felt or like seen that happen? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I do. I have seen that happen. And, and really, I mean, we can even just discuss the nature of surveys and polls in general, because I, I mean, again, not to get too political, everyone thought that there was going to be some, some outcome that happened in the election. All the polls said this, all everything said this. All the that, polls said that Hillary would win. Yeah. Yeah. No, it did not happen. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's just crazy that like, and, and, and plus, I hate surveys. So I'm the exact kind of person who does <laughs> not ever take, fucking take one of those. Why do you hate surveys so much? I just feel like <laughs> they it's, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard for me to like explain in a way that's not just juvenile. But, um, Go for it, dude. Like, uh, you know, I'm at work. And it's I'm, witty banter, dude. <laughs> I'm doing, like, I'm at work and I'm doing work. And I feel like anything and everything that I input into something that's not completely vertically integrated me starting and ending it if it needs the assistance of somebody in some other place or something i get surveys all the time and i never take them i never take ut surveys i never answer the phone when the university of texas calls for donations oh, hell no you're not coming um, to ask for more money <laughs> I, I don't know i just i just have like a general distaste for like a uh feeling as though my beliefs are being collected or cataloged i guess I, I it's like dude if you're really that worried about it then just push to make it better no matter what like you like you should have like if you're the one that's involved doing this just try and make it better however you feel because i don't really well, know that's exactly what they're yeah, doing they're with those to surveys. Do, but they need like a consensus of people around them because more like people who think that way will give it more weight and <laughs> Again, get it I love done. this turned into us yeah. trying to convince hunter that surveys are like, yeah just right. take our quick <laughs> survey about whether you should like surveys or not I, I, I honestly like it, it's weird, you know. I, I feel like I would uh, I would look to surveys and look to polls. And again, we got to take a grain of salt with everything nowadays. Yeah, uh, it's but, honestly it's but, catastrophically hard to trust like sort like well established sources now. I feel like yeah, and, and but like it's one of the it's hard to come up with better mass statistics. Than by sampling. I mean, that's fucking what I do. That's my job. I sample the shit out of financial statements. Okay. (laughs) And so I understand the idea behind sampling and surveying and getting a good consensus, giving your little sample. Um, Giving your little sample. We get it. It's adorable. (laughs) Come back later when you get a larger sample size. But I just hate being a part of it. I don't know why. I don't know why I have that distaste for it. Do y'all like taking surveys? No, not at all. No, surveys so, are fucking So then worse. why do y'all not like it, you <laughs> Same reasons as you. I mean, it's pretty... No. Um, it's like 10 minutes of my time. It's just like, dude, the whole foundation of how surveys work, it's like, let's send all this stuff out, and then whoever's passionate enough to send us back their answers is already like a skewed 
yeah, a different of kind of population. person than you're trying you know to. I mean? They're going like, to rule. Not, yeah, too. Yeah, and that's the kind of person that's going to. It's like Yelp. Yeah. It's almost like surveys would. Yeah, exactly. Like you're only going to get people who have like terrible times at a restaurant are more yeah. likely to write a review about a restaurant right. than somebody who goes in and is like, that was a cool, yeah, I like that restaurant. They're not going to like, I got to get on a Yelp and tell everybody that's not how that tends to work usually. And it ends up getting this like skewed view of the population. And it sucks because the only real way to cure that is to be like mandatory surveys about your life that you have to fill out. And yeah. that would suck probably worse. Yeah. <laughs> now we, but we honestly don't need those. Cause you just go to Google or Facebook or Microsoft and say like, Hey, give me the uh, profile that you have on this guy and every bit of data that you've recorded from him for the last 10 years. And they're going to make a behavioral map of how you live your life. And they're going to know every fucking step of your day. That's true. So this has been 10 minutes with Chase's uh, horrifying <laughs> apocalypse land. Tune in next week. Oh man. Now the clock is at two minutes to yeah. midnight. <laughs> Big Brother is watching. Big Brother. Chase, right. round us out, man. Yeah. I guess that means my turn. All right. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Oculus Rift and Zenimax court case that was going on last week where there was a big, they were suing each other. Um, and I wanted to, we, one of the first kind of news stories we talked about, Hunter, on this show was when Facebook bought Oculus for $2 billion, right. which come to find out they actually spent way more than that. And we'll get to that into the story. Okay. Now we're at a point in the, uh, the history of these two companies where there's a huge lawsuit going on. And just to put the... The happenings out first. Zenimax is going to be awarded five hundred million dollars from Facebook because of the verdict of this um, court case. All right. Okay. So this is from Business Insider, and they have a really awesome, just long page on the entire lawsuit and like kind of a timeline and how it all went down. So I'm gonna read kind of the bullet points to get bring us up to speed real quick. In August 2013, which is close to when we started this show, Hunter, mm-hmm. yep. the Oculus VR, a startup working in virtual reality headset, created the Rift and hired Doom creator John Carmack of id Software as its chief technology officer. All right, so John Carmack is the dude who created Doom, and he worked at id, which was purchased by Zenimax, which is why Zenimax is involved in this lawsuit, all right? Okay. Um, he essentially started working with Palmer Lucky because... Palmer Lucky was on this message board putting together this Ocu- the Oculus Rift for the first time just in his parents' house. And um, John Carmack messaged him and was like, dude, I want one. Like, let me help you work on this. And so they started working together. All right. And I think that's just kind of a cool little anecdote. Yeah, right? right. Very cool. March 2014, Facebook buys Oculus VR. All right. Put up for um, two billion dollars, and it actually turns out that it was a three dollar, a three billion dollar purchase because there was like seven hundred million dollars of employee benefits packages and like other things like that that brought the total up. Right. Um, which Damn. gives more context to the story, and and it wasn't talked about much. In May 2014, Zenimax Media sues Oculus VR, which is now owned by Facebook. I had no idea that they had already filed the suit that early. So it was like pretty quick right out of the gate that they, they sue. And the reason we're just now hearing it is because it wasn't supposed to go to trial till 2017, which is what it had just happened. And so what Zenimax was essentially accusing John Carmack of was stealing source code that he went on to use at um, Oculus Rift, right? Hmm. And so basically what they were claiming was when Carmack was at Zenimax on company time, he was working on the source code for this. Meanwhile, Carmack essentially just said, I was doing this in my spare time when I wasn't working there. And that's kind of where the major spat came off. Hmm. And essentially the, um, the, the court 
case happened and like major names including Mark Zuckerberg and Palmer Lucky like took the stand in the courtroom like it went as it went as tall as it went like yeah. as high as it could go yeah. that's how big it was and um the they ruled in Zinamax's favor and they're going to get 500 million dollars from um Oculus Rift and from Facebook and that essentially puts the the cost of them buying Oculus at now even more than $3 billion, you know, like $3.5 million for this technology. And I just think it's an incredible turn of events. I just want to turn it loose to you guys and see what you see, like think, because these are two of the major VR Titans really lashing it out. And it's like, wow, that could like potentially stymie things. It's just interesting. You know, it's, <laughs> you guys yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. this three years ago, right? And I remember even listening to the podcast while I wasn't on it, while you guys were talking about um, them buying Oculus and how VR was just so new that buying it for $2 billion was like outrageous. Seems like such sounding. a big deal. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Like, either they know something we don't, or this is just like a real big, like, you know, cash grab trying to like buy something that might not be worth it over time. Right. And even now, like, I, I see VR growing, and there's definitely things in VR that make me, you know, want to try it, but I still don't see it as this even $2 billion industry, even up to $3 billion industry. You don't see the entire industry being $3 billion? I mean, maybe, like, at the end of the day, but not worth, like, what they've spent on it, you know? I mean, maybe in the I future. I think that's where the value does come from, though, right? Like, it's just how much research time and money has gone into it is sort of why it's valued that tall. I mean, there's no way that the profit revenues are $2 billion yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think just worth it. I mean, you know, talking like, about talking about strictly like financial terms. I mean, usually you're not really supposed to just straight up capitalize your R and D investments uh, until you feel like there is a legitimate, like <coughs> understanding as to how that's going to benefit you. Because uh, until you understand that, like, your R&D is going, like, you know, like pharma companies or something, like, they put a shit ton of costs in to make sure that their their medicines and stuff are going to work, and then they can finally capitalize and, and say that those are assets whenever they make those expenses. So, like, I agree. It's probably, it's probably like, currently around that size, like, two and a half, three mm. billion or whatever, as far as, like, what it's just currently valued at, but they've spent... Probably so much more in R and D, just trying to get it going, you know. Yeah. So it'll probably ramp up once they start realizing, you know, returns. And, and as so far, that's oh, go ahead, Max. Yeah, no. As far as uh, Carmichael, or Carmichael, Carmichael, Carmichael writing <laughs> into fucking uh, <laughs> writing. I guess like I'm sure he was writing code while he was technically in the office. It's like that's why they got him. Question, I mean, you know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, that sucks, but they're kind of right. You know what I mean? Like they do own everything that he did in that office for the most part. Yeah. You know, it's a tough reality to, to accept. They were in his, really like he was in true. their lab. He was in their lab deal. using their He's, equipment to write it all. I mean, yeah. it's one thing he if he claims that that's not how it happened. Right. He claims that that's not how, it which happened. might be the case. And honestly, if that is, if like he made a compelling argument to where like, what are you talking about? Check my home computer. That's where it's written on or something yeah. just because I was employed with you at the time doesn't mean, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't mm -hmm. say that my job now, you know, owns witty banter or owns, uh, yeah, but do when brother. you start signing contracts with like really big places, they put a lot of clauses in their legal text and stuff like that, that goes over specific rules, especially True. on a yeah. genius mind like Carmack that says like, this is what's going to happen. This is how it shakes out. You know? Yeah. I've even seen that on, uh, like 
even lower than big companies like that. Like there's even, I know people that worked at hairstylist places that when they left, there could be no link to them taking their customers that came in and asked for them. They couldn't like take them to another place that they worked at. And it's just really strange the way, like, I'm not sure how you're supposed to enforce companies like owning you like that in that yeah. sense, you know, it's just, but it is true. I mean, I think that if he, if he wrote code while in the office, then it's, it belongs to Xenomax, in my opinion. But if he didn't, I'm just not sure, you know? Yeah. So I also want to add just as a last little bit to the end of the story. The story is not over. Oculus is appealing the ruling, and Zenimax is promising to pursue an injunction against the sales of the Rift. So things are like anting up on both sides. Oculus is going to appeal the ruling, and Zenimax is trying to get more than just the $500 million offering and try to maybe get like a cut of every fucking Rift that's been sold. That sucks. Wow. So they're going deep, dude. Rift, man. Yeah, I mean, you wonder if that's... Um, well, first off, I mean, my speculation would be that that would just ramp up the pure competitive spirit between the two. Uh, you're saying the Zenimax. I don't really know anything about Zenimax. It's a, it's yeah, a virtual I actually reality. Misspoke. I actually misspoke. Zenimax does not have a virtual reality like headset or anything. I was thinking yeah. of the Vive. But I, so there's, they don't have VR stuff. And it's actually funny. They're probably they're a much smaller company than Facebook. So this $500 million boon is probably like, hey, go fund some big games now or something. Yeah. You know, like. And then plus, they probably it, they can probably attach whatever success that they have. They're trying to say, hey, well, we were part of that, you know, somehow. Um, Getting the name Zenimax out there. I'm sure yeah. people have even just Googled yeah, it and been like, oh, what do they worked on? Yeah. <laughs> we By the way, Zenimax, Zenimax owns Bethesda and Bethesda Studios. So oh, oh, that's shit, okay. big, big, big company. Big enough, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it kind of even just reminds me of like non-compete agreements and stuff, you know, where like, that just seems so anti-capitalist, you know, where it's like, you're like, you work for us, and so since you're not working for us anymore, you can't do this for the next four years. Right. When it's like, I understand. That completely makes sense, but there's something just that just feels shitty, and like to my core, I'm just like, God, I don't like that. Like My brother's in the middle of that. He, he just left a company, and uh, he's like a um, he's like a he's somebody that works in marketing and like developmental uh, studies for people that are kind of like in a company. He tries to build up developmental. He does psychology. surveys, man. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess you could say that. But he has a non compete agreement, so he's like literally just waiting around until he could find a way to do what he does in a way that's not going to conflict with a non compete agreement that he had to sign in order to just get his job. You yeah, know, and, so and like, close. And, and, and the nature of it always changes whether or not you left voluntarily or like you were laid off or you were fired, you know, all that stuff comes into play too. But anyway, I just loved how this new story has started with the start of witty banter and we're here now with a major, with another major um, bullet point on the list and maybe possibly more in the future. So I wanted to catch yeah, you guys up on that. Not going to stop anytime soon. It does make me like very happy that we have several things that we touch on like over the course of years, we can say now. <laughs> Between well, the you know? Oculus, Nanobots, and Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah, it's really a lot of things you keep coming back to. <laughs> oh, man. Well, those are some pretty good news stories, some good things to chew on. Mm -hmm. uh, this beer has also been fucking delicious, but yeah. let's take a moment to really take it in, and maybe we come back and get our halftime on the beer, huh? All right, sounds good. Better, 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 better. 
If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review and feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. So, Divine Reserve, it, it's known for being a pretty good beer, you know. Yeah, here like, and there. People guys, stand in like, line for this. Agree. Yeah. There's like allocations of this stuff. It is, yeah. You either get it or you don't. I mean, it's pretty fucking cool that they just brew it on one day. Just you know? one old hall, and then they're done. And then just every now and again, like, do you think they just like walk into the brewery and they're like, you know what? Let's do another one today. Today's the day. <laughs> today's Cancel today. everything. Turn Offset. everything off. Just be so exciting, like anticipating, like we're gonna do our divine reserve today. Oh yeah, that and dude. He does not sleep the night before across the craft beer republic. <laughs> and I can see why, because honestly, this is fucking awesome. But that being said, you know, you still gotta kind of pick it apart at least a little bit, right? Um, not a whole lot has changed, at least for me, since I started drinking it. I thought that maybe some things might start coming like to the front of what I was tasting. Mm-hmm. But I still stand by everything that I said at the beginning, which is that the beer itself doesn't feel heavy, but it's got a lot of mouth flavor, which is, I think, from all those malts that are in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely a creamy undertone to it. Definitely the chocolatiness is in there from the, it, from the porter background that it has, or lager, I don't know. Really, how that works out. It's lager yeast. Lager yeast, but like in the style of a porter. But it's, I mean, it's fucking really good. And what I'm trying to think of is like how I feel like it compares to the other Divine Reserves that we've had. Or the other, yeah, Divine Reserve that we had at... um. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't remember specifically. I just remember because we did have the barrels, Bishop, uh, Bishop Barrel, and then we'd had the Divine Reserve. And so I can't remember which one. I just remember both of them were heavy hitters. Being both like, both of these were yeah. like, man... I gotta sit back. This one, yeah, this is so much more approachable than those two were. I agree, and I wonder if that's something that they were going for. They mentioned it specifically in their description that this is a drinkable. It's their first lager. Yeah, you know, um, and and I, I, if I was going to generalize, I would think lagers would be lighter uh, yeah. in the feel. I mean, yeah, you kind of nailed all the things I was gonna say. Very malty. I got a fuck ton of chocolate. Yeah, you know, I got a lot of chocolate. Um, I was expecting maybe a little bit of like specificity with like a particular uh, like it, it. It's just like a big round maltiness. It's not like there's like one thing that jumps out at you or anything. I feel like uh, it's just malty in general, chocolate, sweet, smooth. Uh, it's not hot. I mean, it's you know it has nine point two percent alcohol by volume, but I think. It's surprisingly drinkable for that. So that's, I mean, that's really all I got at this point. Yeah. The same way. I'd be more inclined to pick up with what you guys are talking about, the drinkability. Max, I think it's actually more drinkable um, or not as drinkable as maybe you're letting on Hmm. for me. And like the lager is definitely making it smoother and easier to go down. Right. Right. Like lagers are fermented at a colder temperature and they usually create more of like a crisp mouthfeel. And so for that to be paired with like a big, um, like alcoholic porter is definitely interesting. I like when, when breweries do that, but this one is so alcoholic and creamy. I like that descriptor you used max mm-hmm. that 
it's not drinkable in the sense that you can like, it's like once you get your sea legs with it, you're like, oh, you know, I can kind of put this down. It's like every sip is a big pull your pants up, big boy pants <laughs> sip for sure. Yeah. But it's not going to kill you as you continue to drink it. Right. Yeah. I think it's got a distinct bitterness that I would also attribute to a chocolatiness, like you were saying, Hunter. But unlike dark, bitter chocolate, this one is creamier. And um, I haven't really gotten into like specifics of what I've tasted. All I know is that it's easy to drink right now, despite just how epic. And you're, I like that you used rounded because, yeah, it's, it's deep and balanced, you know. It's like cool. a giant castle with like soft corners at every like but like baby proofed you know what i mean <laughs> at the same time castle. Like, this is whoa this is big but like i'm i'll be okay here, it's like it has you know? a big bounce house in the back yeah exactly uh i like that chase compliments our our terminologies that makes me feel like i'm yeah he's really yeah i thought i was there. special and then he threw you in there too so i was like okay he's just trying to appeal to <laughs> i'm occupying i'm occupying a new space of the yeah, show right. man. <laughs> <laughs> gotta you gotta look through that new uh, role man. find yeah. his niche but me, you know, I'm not afraid to, you know, throw a little bias in there, you know. Oh, yeah? I mean. Is that so? Let's be real here. Yeah, Max is no coward. <laughs> <laughs> He's got bite marks, guys. Uh, pretty ferocious. That's a real fucking you know? deal. And that's why I always tend to deliver on these, you know, neck and neck ferocious games every week. Okay, uh, okay. And I last like week, that, you know, dude, we brought a new yes. one. We brought a new one to the table. Yep. Uh, I think it went over pretty well. I think it's, you know, got some things that can be finally worked. I know there are some discrepancies from people listening. I'm whether, glad we're going to have to be the, on our toes, you know. Like, this, yeah. the, the first two episodes, we're going to have to figure I it out. I want more competition, yeah. dude. I like it. I like uh, that we've got a, a higher cadence of game time, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I might bring something familiar next time around so you guys don't have to get okay. too worried. I'm right? going to bring the thunder, so. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so, but this game is a new one. Uh, again, it's kind of hard for me to, to figure out a good name for it. <laughs> But uh, if I had to think Gamey of one, that's just your job. Be Max's new game of the week number two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but how this one works is I through just stumbling around, I found some like funny naming conventions that other countries use for big American movie titles. Okay. Hell yeah! And they're like kind of similar. But leave this weird little like vagueness to him to where I looked at it and I was like, what was this? And then when somebody told me what it was, I was like, that's hilarious. Okay. Right. So some of them are pretty obvious, but some of them get into the very strange. I love this. Yeah. I hard. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> strange area. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to essentially put a movie title, a foreign, like it's an American made movie. Right. Mostly, but the foreign title to the movie. Okay. And I'm going to give you both a couple chances to guess what kind of movie it is. All right. Okay. What kind or, or what the movie uh, what, is? What the movie is. I'm sorry. Yeah. So All right. do we, we should call this one Foreign Flick. Foreign Flicks. Foreign Flicks. So do we each get one? I will essentially say like I'll give you both up to two tries. Okay, to, for to a single it. one. Yeah, because at the beginning, you guys will probably first, get them. Yeah, we could switch off. I yeah, guess. and then we'll just do opposite order on the next okay. one. And I'll do like three or four or something to. Or I guess you gotta yeah. have some boundaries here. What are the boundaries? Let's do. Do you have? Do you have five? You have three or five? Let's see here. I'm, I'm, can we just I get to the five. game, Hunter? Dude, just, can I, you let I, the game I maker like just rules? Dude. I got. <laughs> I got five. Get, or I got five movies. Let's do five right now. All right, and they range from Baby Easy Time to what? Let's so. do it. All right, so we're gonna start with the first baby one here. Baby Easy Time. <laughs> we're gonna start with the easy one here. Um, who who won the last game? 
Chase did. I won the last one. All right, so we got to give Hunter. On a technicality. That's true. That's that's what I mentioned with the fine tuning. Because, oh, man, yeah, revisit that, by the way. What's the deal? It was breast pump, pump? which is hilarious. It's breast pumping. pumping. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not, I got to go pump. (laughs) I'm just saying that whenever I got to go pump, I'm usually at the gym 75% of the time that I'm pumping. Uh, Yeah, and you're also from New Jersey. And you you call yourself the situation. All right, so don't look at my don't look at I'm my not looking. hands. Okay. Don't. I, so this one's for you, Hunter. I would never. This one. Think about it, okay? I will. <laughs> <laughs> this one uh, is called the teeth from the sea. The teeth from the sea. The teeth the from teeth, the sea. No, not the teeth from the sea. Is that what you said? It's the teeth from <laughs> yeah? the sea. The teeth from the sea. The teeth oh, from easy. the sea. I'm saying Can I buzz right, in? Right? Yes. Okay, I'm going to say Jaws. God damn it. <sighs> Good start, obviously. That's, a, that's Jaws, right? Okay, right, yeah. Yeah, easy, uh, but Thailand gets pretty creative. You know, Teeth from the Sea, which I wanted to bring this one in there because I think that's a better name than Jaws. Jaws is pretty lackluster. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, Jaws is iconic. Sea? Jaws is iconic, but I think the thing, the, like, no one would give two shits about Jaws if they didn't come up with two notes for the music. Don't yeah, but don't discount that. That was incredible. No, I'm saying if it was teeth from the sea with the same two notes, I think it'd be just as iconic. (laughs) But that's just me. That's just me. Good point. Yeah. Well, that was off to a good lead. (laughs) That was an easy one, Hunter. And of course, I got to throw an easy one at you, Chase. Uh, This one's called "It's Raining Falafel." It's raining meatballs. Uh, Yeah. Well. What's Glad it with a chance of meatballs. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, man. I'll I was like thinking he was right, and then I was like, wait. <laughs> okay. I didn't lock in my final answer there. So. I know, that's fine, that's fine. I let it go. We have to say final answers here. All right. Come on, Regis. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we, we go for you, Hunter. Out of the way. Okay. This one's called Grandpa Carl's Flying House. Oh, up. Fuck, man, that was pretty good. <laughs> there's only one Damn mo- it! there's only one movie with a flying house. Come on. That's pretty good. Alright, Chase, here's one for you. Alright. He's a ghost. It's called He's a Ghost. Casper. No, it isn't Casper, but that is a good what? guess. Are you Uh oh. With a chance to steal. He's a ghost. What is it? I mean Casper was definitely my first my first go to. Beetlejuice. Well, first off, it's, it's yeah, Hunter. It's guessed, Hunter's turn. No, it's fine. I guess. What is it? <laughs> what? No. Oh, did, he, he gets a chance to steal. Now. I get yeah. to go. Fucking I get to steal. Damn it. He's a ghost? <laughs> it's so, like, it's demonstrative. Um, <laughs> the sixth sense. <laughs> Dude, if it's the sixth <laughs> sense. Because you... <laughs> <laughs> it just gives away the entire plot in the title. Um, cause dude, the, the first two you named were the first two, the one and the two. So I'm gonna say Beetlejuice. <laughs> no, it isn't Beetlejuice. Okay, does but he get a repeat or are we going? Do again? you want a repeat? It's the, I'm going for the sixth sense. It's the sixth sense. No shit. It <laughs> <laughs> is unreal. Yeah. Who does that? Uh, Germany. Germany. Does that. <laughs> Germany does that. 
All right. He's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Aorist Geist. All right. Wow. Here what do we have? One one? Yeah, one one. Well, it's two two. Right? I don't get some sort of sudden death I think extra point. I think for it's that one? two two. Yeah, it's two two right now. Two two. All right. So unless you guys can't uh, figure this so one out, so should we do just like whoever can answer it first on this last one? That's fine. Okay. All right. Then then what you say is your answer. There's I was gonna say once you slide. say it, then you can't throw out another answer. Okay. So. Yeah. That so you could be giving the other person infinite amount of time, right? Right. All right. This one's called One Night Big Belly. One night, big belly. One night, big belly. My big fat Greek wedding. No, Hunter. One night, <laughs> big belly. <laughs> oh. oh man. Um. So I'm thinking eating. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to piece this together, dude. Like one night. I like this system a lot better, so I'm gonna do that for the rest of the movies. With the with, with the, the somebody has to chime in. Somebody and, has yeah. to say first. Dude, if he gets a, if he goes another one, then my I get the next mm-hmm. opportunity, right? I'm back in yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is we gotta get this one. I think at some point, um, dude. I fucking I really don't know. Um, I'm gonna say <laughs> so super bad. Uh, no. Uh, one night, big belly. Do you guys want me to throw out a hint or something? So yeah. if we do a hint, then we get to reset the thing. <laughs> so yeah, great. it's already reset as far as I'm concerned. Okay, cool. So you guys can both chime so in right now? So we can both snag yeah. it? Okay, cool. Uh, super bad is close. <laughs> knocked up. Fuck, knocked uh-huh. up is yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! There nice. you go. Oh, I guess man. that makes sense. You yeah. think about it. That's, so that's five, right? Do I win? Oh, I had more, but I can... Oh yeah, I guess we're yeah. Are we just that's doing, five. What do you? Oh, that's all you had? I thought no, it was I first have, to five. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I have more, and there was one that I really can, wanted to do because it's really funny. Want. I was just uh, yeah. You know, I'm not sure. First of five, man. Yeah. First of five, let's do it. Uh, I only have two more, so it's gonna be out of the next two. So, so it'll be a World five. Series. It'll be yeah, out of seven. World Series out of seven. Okay, then cool. Chase gets to go first on this one. Well, we'll do the same little chime oh, same in thing. Oh, same thing. Okay, okay. All right, you guys ready for it? All these curveballs, dude. We're our toes, man. We're bringing the energy. All right, this one's called. Night of the night. Night of the night. What the fuck? <laughs> and I'm guessing the first night is with a K. Possibly. Yes. Well, we got to know that. That's a part of yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. The first night is with a K. Knight. Oh, the Dark Knight. Batman Boom. the Dark Knight. Batman the Dark Knight. Oh. <laughs> well, there we go. I was thinking I'm, like a Knight's Tale, maybe. Yeah. Fuck. That's your favorite okay. movie, so I'm wow. not surprised. Fucking tied up. Tied up. All right, this is the one, okay? okay Still on dude. the buzzer beater system. It's fucking super hard. <laughs> okay. So, but if super you hard, guys um, get it, it's really funny. Because, yeah. And after, if you go th- miss the first one, I'll give you a hint. I had a ready hint for it. So Okay. All right, this one is Wild Speed. Fast and Furious. How the fuck did you know that? Nice. Nice. That was honest, dude. That was as honest as it gets. Damn, how'd you know Wild Speed was Fast and Furious? What else is going to be Fast and... What else is going to be Wild Speed? I was thinking Hot Rod, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be that a good one, like, too. No, it wouldn't be Drive. That's the only... Like, when I think of Ricky Speed... Bobby. When I think of Speed in That's a serious fucking sense, I think of Fast and Furious. hilarious. And I wanted to bring up that one because the naming convention of Fast and Furious is really funny. Because it's like Fast and... Fu- it's Wild Speed. Wild Speed X2. <laughs> Wild Speed Tokyo whatever 
Yes. And then it goes Tokyo into Wild whatever. Speed Max after that. So I just <laughs> oh, thought they were yeah. really funny. Oh, yeah. names. I'm sure you love that. Dude, did you know that they're coming out with a new one? Have you all seen this? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, that was how I saw Vin it. Diesel's like making out with the bad chick. It's nuts. It was. I, I thought I was so clever, but it was probably a pretty lame joke because it's probably. called like The Fate of the Furious. And I was like, what are they no longer fast? Oh, I'm sure everybody in well, the. You got to work in the eight now, you know? Yeah. I think the fate of oh, the is furious. It an eight? It's an eight. Wow, because they didn't even put F eight. They should have. No, they just wanted you to be on board, man. They expect you to be there with them. The fate of the furious. I hopefully, fate that means purpose? that it's the last one. It's not gonna be, dude. They're only yeah. getting bigger. Are you kidding me? That is ridiculous. It's no, like, dude. They've up. They apparently they've hit their stride, year, dude. dude. They, yeah, they're literally. Using submarines and like nukes. <laughs> oh, yes. We got to drive this onto like the shore. Full, you like can't do that. Classic action movie now. You know. Yeah, dude. People that I know that like full on acknowledge that it's not a good series will still go watch it. They'll exactly. still be like, oh yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I mean, we go see all. Marvel like, movies. What's the difference? It's like uh, it's like Transformers. You're like, ugh, another one came out. So fucking lame, dude. All right, so Friday. So we're gonna go see it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, why? Why would you support that? I haven't seen any of the Transformers all the way through. I'll admit to that. I, wa- I oh, saw the first, the first one, one um, in a house to get ready for the second. I went and see the second in the theater, and I walked out of the theater. Really? And I think I've yep. seen three-fourths of the first Fast and Furious and not a second of any other one. The first Fast and Furious was iconic, man. What are you talking about? I mean, I can respect Paul Walker. That guy's And cool. number two is iconically terrible. That's well, <laughs> why... Yeah. <laughs> That's honestly why it's still so famous. Yeah. All right. Taking the cake. Ja Rule, Finally though. decrowned. There we yeah, go. Mr. Chase. Oh, man. Good job. I hope you guys like the game. We're at a 1-1 uh, in game winnage, though. Huh? Of this season, at least. I was going to say, the new season. We're well, one well, one These were kind of, yeah, okay. Well, I guess it levels out, right? Because the, the Metal of Magic like, keeps its own counter. That just goes in perpetuity. Exactly. Okay. Well, yeah. we're 1-1. One one. It was a good game. I like the game. Good. I'm glad. I'll, I'll bring some. I'll bring like a classic next. I got a few more, you know, some twists on some classic for that. That was a great game, Max. I got to say, though. I'm glad you liked it. Good. How did you fucking get faster? That's insane. <laughs> Wild Speed. Wild Speed X2. Were you going to get that, Chase, if I didn't snack on it? No, not that quick. No way. No. That's a good system, too. I might, you know, bring that system into more games. Okay. Yelping cool. out. Perfect. Uh, so let's see if anybody else liked the game. Chase, do we have any emails or anything? Yep, I've just hopped in over to Nick's Mail Corner to check out the mailbag. It's Nick's Mail Corner! We still have a treasure trove of questions from Bree Adams, the fiancé of Spaceman Max, an all-around badass who sent us a ton of dope questions. We're peeling another one off the top of the list. She asks, What was one defining moment in your life that changed everything, or one moment that thoroughly influenced the way you saw the world? I like anything that comes from this household just like, all right, Crack open that noggin because it's fucking time to dive. <laughs> Damn, this is pretty big. Yeah, this is. By the way, Bree, I love you. <laughs> thank you for Real sending talk? in these, yeah, thank these you questions. For that one. Great that stuff. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes. This is this is one to chew on for a second, I guess. A so moment. One that I'm going to kick us off. One yeah. that completely changed our perspective or heavily influenced us. Yeah, like a moment that was a defining point in your life or a moment that changed the way you saw the world. Hmm. Can I give like a funny, ridiculous answer that probably is the most truest in terms of the lens of changing the way that you saw the world? Oh, Cause totally. I've already gone through my moment of like playing Zelda or whatever. And that'd be <laughs> yeah. a pivotal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll define okay. who I am now. 
Yeah. For um, the way that changed the world, dude. When I was in high school, I was in junior, a junior in high school. I watched that fucking documentary called Zeitgeist. Oh, that geez. was like half conspiracy theories, half just like you never thought about it in this way, have you? You know, mm. and yeah. as like an impressionable young high school angsty mind. I ate that shit up to the point where, like, I was reading through the transcript and, like, even going through different, like, fact checkers who were debunking some of the stuff that they said. But it totally opened it, – it totally made me aware of a federal banking system and made me hate it. And it totally painted my – my viewpoints probably to this day, to be completely yeah. honest. Dude, you know? I, I'm not I'm not pro federal banking, so I agree. Yeah, I, you under, and me both, I understand brother. that. Hmm. I've got one too. Do you have one? Yeah, you I think I got go? one, but either way. Okay. Uh I'm gonna take a little lighter toll. Uh because I I actually really like entertaining conspiracy theories too. Of course. Um not all of, of them are conspiracies. Uh, but no, this one isn't a conspiracy. It, <laughs> it just this, slides that one in real nacho on me. <laughs> yeah. This one completely this true, and, uh, and I believe Chase was there for this. And it, I'm going to go on the same train. I watched a documentary, and it's called Disney's Oceans. And oh, man. <laughs> dude, this, this, this show... Great honorable mention, uh, even for me, right? Like, I'm happy, so happy you're going into this. Yes. Um, it is this. It is this documentary on oceans and all aspects of the ocean, uh, done by Disney, and it's with cinematography that they collected over like five years worth of fantastic filming. Dude, and just they have the most impressive cuts. They have freaking amazing music behind it, and they have Pierce Brosnan's silky smooth voice narrating over it the whole way. And you never felt so relaxed listening to this dude talk. And it's just like, not only with the resolution and just the um, amazing shots that they get, but also just like the variety of sea life that they get and the shit that they show you. And like, they show you moments. There's this moment in this mo- in this fucking movie or in this documentary <laughs> where they have like they show like these dolphins that are like going in a school. They're all hanging out and doing tricks and hanging out and swimming at 40 miles an hour. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like a, a flock of dolphins or whatever, a school of dolphins. And they start going in a circle. And then the circle is sur- uh, surrounding this little school of tiny fish that they're about to freaking encompass and eat. And then within this circle, so they're making a big target, these fucking school of fish. And then they have birds that are literally dive bombing into the water and like taking these school of fish out. And then while these birds are just missling, torpedoing into the water, you have <laughs> sharks that come in out of nowhere and a fucking huge whale comes in <laughs> and just eats all these fish. And you're like, oh my God. Like, all, this all stuff- of these moments are hitting with like the swelling of the strings and the yeah. music. The is- baritones fucking come up with the whale. Like, it, is inc- it was incredible. And I have to say, like, I was inebriated when I watched it for the first time as well. So it just made everything like just seem so much cooler too. <laughs> um, but I still, I mean, I still watch it to this day and I'm just like, this is incredible. <laughs> and like the way it made me feel was, was like, dude, this is the majority of the world. Like <laughs> 75% of the world is covered in water. In this. And you have these animals that are, 
you know, we always like we pretty much operate on a two dimensional plane, right? We we have like well, it's three dimensional in that we have four Slope. behind and uh, we lost him, Max. He's going into a seizure. <laughs> but like, <laughs> just, but just these let guys it go. Let it ride at up. all times have to be considering like at any point in time from any direction or angle. <laughs> these guys could just be eaten up by something that's bigger and crazier than they are. And that's just <laughs> wild to me. The idea, the how frightening it would be to be just like a little fucking fish in the sea would be petrifying <laughs> for like the majority of people that that live in this world. So it was really like when I got through it, it really just changed my perspective. I was like, man, I love marine life. I love Earth, and I love <laughs> life. Yeah, I love Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah. He was the best Bond. Yeah. Chase always loved the uh, what was it that that thing that glows and like yeah, freaks dude, people the squid, out? yeah, the squid that like changes colors. That that documentary just did such an amazing job at like presenting something of immense scale and making me feel the gravity of what they were showing me. You know. Yep. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Uh, it makes me want to go home and just watch it right now because I don't I think have I've it actually here, seen man. it. Man, you should watch <laughs> it. <laughs> Post up. Let's do it. Oh man, uh, for me. I think when I was like in sixth or seventh grade, my sister was going to college. Okay. And she was trying to decide what she wanted to do for college. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever met her before, she's fairly personable, nice person, glowing personality, right? So she's like, I wanted to do something. I want to do something with marketing. And I remember witnessing a conversation between her and my mom how my mom was recommending like you should go into uh like marketing and selling pharmaceuticals mm -hmm. you know because that's like a big industry you'll make a lot of money doing that and she was just like mm, i don't know if i can do that right like morally like i don't feel good about that morally yep. and as a kid i was like what do you fucking mean morally money. you're saving li <laughs> well i'm thinking well i'm thinking like money and i'm thinking like uh did you you're saving lives. It's like, it's medicine. Why? What problem would you have yeah, like giving people it? medicine? And mm -hmm. she's like, let me kind of explain to you how like capitalist pharmaceuticals work and how, you know, it's not as simple as like getting sick and going to the doctor and getting the best treatment every time. And she kind of sat me down and like told me about how like, <laughs> yeah, it ends up if you are like really rich, you're pretty much okay to like buy all this medicine. But you know, when you're really sick and people know that you're really sick, you know, they tend to hike up the prices because you have to buy it. Right. And I was just like, that seems really terrible and really evil. I was like a kid. I was like, that seems really, really, really bad. And it changed my entire perception of how like capitalism in medicine worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I got from that point forward was always just like, man, that seems really unfair. And it's just from that point forward, just really Pharma, there's a lot of flack to throw, a lot of shade to throw yeah. at the pharmaceuticals. Which is why I always get so hyped up on stuff like CRISPR and stuff, because I'm like, that's super cheap. Like, there's nothing you can do to fucking hike up the price of that shit. Yeah, dude. That's just a <laughs> discovery. What are you going to do about that, big farm? Yeah, that discovery just happened. We willed it to exist. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Okay, this, this next question we have comes from Cole Blair. Yeah, Cole Blooded. <laughs> Cole Blair. Max, how would you describe Cole Blair? I would say Cole Blair <laughs> as like the chillest dude who's always just down to do whatever you want to do. Yes. And he has an authentically great time doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think like, I've ever <laughs> seen him mad ever. Yeah. Seriously. I'm he's like always just like, whatever. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. 
I think we've probably said this before a long time ago, but he's got the laugh where you get Cole laughing on your side, you, you won. won whatever you the laugh won the, was. Yeah, if Cole laughs with you, and it's been very, like, not that I don't make Cole laugh ever, but, like, a good, hearty Cole chuckle. There's a few that I remember I've gotten, <laughs> and there was just one when I remember it was on Tom. When he was blocking me while I was playing oh, no. some fighting Dude, game, oh, this was Twilight. the most. This is the most heinous burn <laughs> I think I, I've ever witnessed. And he was standing in front of me, and I was like, "Can you move?" And he was trying to like sit there and like be funny and like stand in front of me. And he had just recently admitted to reading the Twilight books. Yeah. Not only admitted to reading it, but, but it, one, he read it because of his girlfriend, and two, it's actually a pretty fucking cool series. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> cool, dude. Like the vampires and stuff. And we're in like eighth grade, so at the height of like, yeah. we're gonna burn your ass. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember just calling him out and being like dude do i stand in front of you while you fucking read twilight in your free time and everybody in the room just burst out including the one laugh that broke through all the laughter yeah which was cole's hearty chuckle laugh and i was just like i won and of course he stepped down and i was able to complete my i think i was playing mk versus dc which is not easy to have tom step down no no no, not at all (laughs) it's a great victory in fact i think that was one of the turning points in that group dynamic where it was like, oh, yeah, Max, like, fucking totally gives Tom shit now. Like, <laughs> he can be beaten. Yeah, he can he be can beaten. Be yes. He's shown weakness. Okay. Cole's question, real simple. Who would win in a rap battle, LeBron James or Kevin James? <laughs> or Kevin LeBron James? LeBron James or Kevin James? Oh. Jesus Christ. Ah, dude. He- LeBron James doesn't seem like the kind of guy who can rap. I was going to say, he, I feel like he would take himself too seriously. But Kevin James? <laughs> I know, dude. He it's... has experience with forms of comedy. Of improv? Of if, improv. if you want to call it comedy. <laughs> of making movies that are supposed to be I think if you're going to go off a of straight, like, the, the words and, like, the zingers, Kevin James will win that. But as far as, like, style Finesse. and, like, having, having a little bit of, uh, having, like, rhythm and making it feel cooler... Then LeBron's gonna win, which usually that's like half of the battle is like making it feel cooler. Here's the thing, though. You would think like yeah, Max has been in a rap. Yeah, he's Art- the only one of us that's been in a rap. You think artillery wise, like okay, it's easy to make fun of Kevin James because it's Kevin James. Yeah, right. But that being said, as like a quote unquote comedian, like he, you know, insulting him isn't doesn't have as much weight as it would calling he's out LeBron. Made fun of. Calling out LeBron on all the shit that he does. Like uh, recently, he was <laughs> they slow moed him faking that foul. Of, I forget what game it was, but he literally like barely got touched and fell over and like cried about it. He has like was, some yeah. huge feud with Charles right. Barkley and yeah, he has all these stupid things that look worse because it's a part of somebody who's like this icon, He's like a serious figure, icon. Yeah. yeah, you know, so you can tear apart those things and be probably really successful. Combine that with you know. Some occasional witty lines, I'm sure, that Kevin James can bring. It's like, what are they going to make fun of Kevin James that he hasn't already made fun of himself? Yeah. Like, you he's know, fat. You could just make fun of his Paul abysmal Blart. career and the fact that he's not funny at all. That could be a really good inline. But I feel like everyone kind of knows that, though. I think Kevin James knows that. It's almost like he's impenetrable. He's like, he's <laughs> almost the ultimate form. It's like, what are you going to say? Like, oh, he's fat and like he has stupid movies that he makes a lot of money on. Yeah, he's just going to the bank every day. Probably works like, like everyone knows 40 hours care. a year. I got to be honest. I didn't expect this to turn into a Kevin James circle jerk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I, I have sources that will tell you I'm not pro Kevin James. 
but I, he might win this one. I think he might take it. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to side Kevin James. That's my official vote. What do you got on it, Chase? Are you going to say... You know, seriously, sit here and tell me I'm wrong. Like, sure. (laughs) Sure. Are you not taking goal? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Sure. Um, Okay. uh, This next one comes from Dunter Horset, and they ask, "Would you rather be in jail for five years or be in coma for ten years?" Later, dong dinglers, Dunter, I lost because of breast plumping. Horset. (laughs) I like how you said they ask, which just yeah, I don't know who it is. Okay, can you can you just repeat it one more time for me? I was. Would you rather be in jail for five years or be in a coma for ten years? Ah. Huh. I mean, that's, that's I think tough. Uh, I immediately thought coma. Really, I thought jail immediately. Really? I'm because like, I would rather be alive. Yeah. Exactly. I picked jail just because one, I'm not wasting ten precious years of my life, and two, no matter even if it's shitty. I want to be at least cognizant of five years of my life. If it was right. like five years of the worst torture you've ever, yeah, I would take home. <laughs> I feel like I'd be really I'll get, depressed. I'll get beat up in jail for a little while, you know, and fuck, it's what you got to do, but at least I'm not in a coma. Yeah, I'm hoping that I don't get shanked in jail, but, you know, I mean, you, you have free time to do what the fuck you want. Like, jail, you can read books and work out and... Watch shows and you shit. You really do like, all the stuff to take care of yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like you're just like in a in, unless you do some crazy shit. It's not like you're just in a room doing nothing for five years. Um, so I, I think I'd go jail. I feel like it would be hard for me to like wake up from a coma and not from ten years and not be severely depressed about the fact that I was in a coma for ten years. Yeah. I don't know why I thought like waking up in ten years Make the would case. be super Make cool. Make the case for me for a devil's Convince advocate me. here. All right, that's that's cool. I like a challenge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you got to think of what happens after you get out of jail in five years. Think of your dream job. It's, it's very true. You're a convict now. You're a convict. Now. <laughs> You're a fucking. You're probably convict. not getting those jobs anymore. You got a bad record. You're probably gonna have to go work at a fucking gas. No offense to people that work at gas stations. Thank you. I need gas. Imagine the jobs but maybe you get a, when you say on your interview, "Yeah, and I just got out of a ten-year coma." <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. The job. Who's what gonna sit here and be like, "We gotta like, hire well, the coma dude. He's missed out on so much." <laughs> right? Plus, you would be, you know, like it would be so interesting. You'd have so much to catch up on. You, you know, probably have a newfound respect for life, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Or you would be severely like freaked out at what became around you. You'd be like, "What is this?" World? Well, you got to think about what was like life like ten years ago. Well, and especially now, two thousand seven, getting more rapidly changing. Like, two thousand seven, a ten year coma in the eighties is not the same thing. As I a 10-year like coma the first now. smartphone was introduced. Social media, like. Facebook had just become where you don't need like an EDU account. So that was kicking up around that time. Mm-hmm. Like mobile computing was about to fucking explode. Dude, 10 the years. Fucking, the cri- housing market hadn't crashed yet. Like, yeah. What would you Holy be- <laughs> shit. You woke up today. What's blowing your fucking mind right now? Nanobots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Christopher>, dude. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's good. Fuck. That's good. Yeah. All right. Our next question comes from Dooney Ray, who has just a real. Max, you tell me what you think about this one. Who is the hottest female in Street Fighter history? Hmm. The hottest female in Street Fighter history? You and I were just talking about how annoyed we were with. 
Yeah, we take a very. Yeah, I just want to preface this with how much I hate how sexualized Street Fighter Five became. So maybe maybe we take that slant and we say if if we were to reduce the sexualization, just go straight off of characteristics of yeah, like like how yeah, they I are. Can. Those characters. Yeah. What do y'all think? I always thought Cammy was. I was about to say, I think Cammy's is the one for me. Nah, you guys. Just as an icon, you know, like. Really? We're crazy? Yeah. Why would I disagree? Yeah. What do you say? I think think the answer is Armika, dude. I think if Armika wasn't as fucking awkward as she was in Street Fighter V, she's like a super jacked wrestler so she's super strong and i find that attractive mm-hmm. and i love like the character like how much energy she has she's like super like carefree and fun but she'll fucking kick your ass dude and she'll and that's like her tag <laughs> awesome. you would kick you, your ass. you're attracted to to a babe that'd kick your butt yeah man yeah man i, I like power that. like if, if you got well, an i mean it's not like build, cammy's not gonna it. fucking kick her asses I mean, yeah, that's true. Either. They're all Cammy street would fighters. Take me, for sure. Cammy would destroy me. Probably. <laughs> so he has a follow-up question though, and he says, "In one sarcastic sentence, describe every fighting game character archetype." And he gives us the ones he wants. So the first one, Max, is a zoner. One sarcastic sentence. Yeah, for how a zoner plays. Hmm. For how a zoner plays. This guy just beat you. Yeah, by zoning me perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> I would just say like I really only need two buttons on my stick to beat anybody. <laughs> I guess that makes me better than you. <laughs> I'd say fake mind games. Yeah. The next one and Hunter jump in if, whenever you want. I know you're not yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I got nothing. <laughs> the, I next had one is, the next one is a Shoto. A Shoto? <laughs> I'm gonna give you. I will give. Yeah. I'll say uh, scrubby mind games. Scrubby mind games. Yeah, I was gonna say um, uh, it's authentic Street Fighter. It's the raw game, and I have an invincible uppercut that beats everything. Yeah. <laughs> right, no gimmicks, one. but my uppercut just beats everything. <laughs> and the last one is a grappler. Grappler. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying bozo. Oh man. I would just say, hey, since it's a 360 one. motion, it's technically harder to do than all the other moves. I deserve half your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. All right. That's all the emails for this week. Um, keep sending those in. We got a few more to get to, so I'm looking forward to the next episode. Oh, thank you so much, my mail correspondent Chase. So uh, it's the end of the mail, the end of the show. We drank a pretty delicious beer. What do you, you finish? Guys? I feel your, good. Your fair share. Yeah, Chase. Did you finish your entire uh, beer over there? I gave a little to Darian because That's she nice. loves beer, and this is one that is one of her favorites. Yeah. But I drank over half. Dang. Okay. Um, I'll start it off. Do uh, it. Yeah, I mean this beer is really good. Um, it reminds me a lot of the Immortal Ale from Dogfish Head in mm. that there's a lot of power to it, but not that super fillingness. Like feeling, feeling of either drinking like a stout or even just any other like big, high alcoholic content beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that a lot. The flavor profiles are there, but it's not overcomplicated. I don't like. When I first tried the beer, I thought that I was going to wait around for some of these complexities to kind of spring up, and I was going to be able to identify things. But that ended up not happening. Yeah. And then I kind of realized that those like those soft corners to the beer ended up being some of the things that I really liked about it. Okay. Because I still don't think that 
any of the flavor was sacrificed by doing that. I like the beer a lot. I'm going to hit it with a hard nine. Nine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chase, you or me? Uh, I'll go. Um, I want to finish up my explanation of what how I feel about this beer by saying the flavor notes overall are of the sweeter nature, not of the dark, like, um, plums and fruit, like, current kind of nature. You know, when you talk about a dark, thick beer like this, these are the toffee, caramel, chocolatey notes um, that are fucking awesome. I love how drinkable it is for how heavy... Uh, how dark it is and for how much alcohol is in there. And I want it. And like I said, it's a, it's a drinkable, not that you're going to chug it, but that you're going to be able to every, every sip is enjoyable. And the fact that it was a lager that really like made the foundation for that and just how well executed all the flavors are and how they like play with each other and how rounded it is. Like you said, Hunter, it's just great all around. And so it's such an easy recommendation. So I think I'll, I'll go with nine as well. Sweet. Okay. Well-deserved. Um, I think it just shows me that, you know, my tastes have changed over the course of this show. Um, mostly in that, like I rated a Sprecher black lager, I think like either an 8.5 or a nine. Uh, that was like in our, probably our first 35 episodes or so. And, um, I think this is better than that, but I'm not going to rate it as high as that. Hmm. Um, I'm going to give this an 8.5 and here's why. Um, I think it's through and through. I agree with basically everything y'all said. Um, I think it is, it is drinkable. Um, but it doesn't sacrifice like drinkability for complexity. It's, it is a complex drinkable beer. Um, there's several different types of maltiness and malt, um, backing and foundation that go into it that I really enjoy. That being said, I really wanted something to poke out at me. A little more, like I just wanted a little bit of like whether it whether it be uh, more alcohol feel or whether it be like a little bit more bitterness or something. I, I I feel like the roundness that we keep talking about, the soft edges. I was wanting something to poke out, yeah. you know, and 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 that left me a, a point five lacking from what y'all are uh, what y'all are giving a nine. So um, I really like it. It's it's a fantastic fucking beer, um, and. You know, whenever you can get a lager that's dark and sweet and 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 drinkable, but still has freaking a lot of alcohol to it, it's a fantastic beer. Um, so yeah, eight point five. Yeah, I yeah, I think that it's just goes to show that you still identify it as being like. I, I look at this beer and I think that I could offer this to somebody who's not necessarily into big bold beers mm-hmm. and they might find this as like a first stepping stone up into it yeah so i guess at the same time while it might not be offering all the same things that bitterness that you might want i think that's really something to take into consideration but that's cool i think an 8.5 is a uh, fair for sure as well stern all, but fair. that's pretty <laughs> stern but fair <laughs> uh yeah so it's pretty high numbers all across the board i think it's been a pretty successful show today yeah let's recap a little bit you know uh we learned about CRISPR. we learned about science and medicine Right? Yeah. We learned about politics, mm-hmm. right? And we learned that, you know, the gaming world isn't all sunshine and roses. You yeah. know, sometimes there can be a conflict every now and again. And we're going to be yeah. able to engineer our babies. Yeah, right? And also, foreign movie titles are funny. So, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, but thanks, of course, everybody for listening. This has been Witty Banter. If you want to follow right. us, and us, I mean the show, 
please go to either wittybanter.com or wittybantershow.com, sorry, or you can follow us on Twitter uh, at wittybantershow, right? Or if you want to follow just me specifically, like you don't really like Hunter, you don't really like Chase, I understand. <laughs> go ahead and just follow me at probably Max. Or if you're a weirdo and also want to follow Chase too, you can always follow him at Bodacious Chase. Yep. And I want to add real quick, I recently saw that movie Silence, and I wrote up just a very quick article about a problem I had with it, and that's going on my friend Nick's website called maincampaign.com. So if you go there, by the time this episode airs, you can read what I wrote. That's awesome, yeah. And I know go for nice. a fact that you uh, write some pretty good blogs. So. He does. And write some pretty oh, good reviews. So go check that out. Excellent. Well, thank you guys for being on the show. Uh, I will see you guys again next week. Okay. Right. I, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, you should be. This is your house. I'm going to double the beep. Okay, well. Adventure.